For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Journey of the Bride. This is part one of the series. We're going to see that the story of the Bible largely surrounds Yeshua's desire to have a bride who he will live and dwell with forever. And in seeking to obtain and have that bride, he is going to enter into marriage covenant relationship with her. However, in being part of this marriage covenant agreement with his bride, his bride is ultimately going to be unfaithful to him and break the marriage covenant and go after other gods. But Yeshua's desire for in his love for his bride is so strong that rather than seeing an eternal separation of the relationship, he wants to see restoration, reconciliation of this relationship in so he does everything that he can do to make that restoration and reconciliation possible so that ultimately in the end, through the help and the inspiration of his Holy Spirit, his bride who breaks the covenant and is unfaithful toward him, that Yeshua is going to send out his Holy Spirit after her and to woo her back to him. But in order to restore and to reconcile the relationship, she needs to have a change of heart. She needs to repent of her ways and returning back to him. And his love is so strong for her that he's willing to lay down his life for her to restore and to bring reconciliation to the relationship. And ultimately, by giving her his indwelling Holy Spirit, she will be able to be a bride that is well-pleasing in his sight. And Yeshua, because of his love for his bride, he has prepared a place called the New Jerusalem, where he will live and dwell forever with his bride, showing his eternal love for her. So that is 
is what we're going to study and examine in this teaching to show you that the Bible is the story of Yeshua's desire for and a love of his bride and to have this bride. And we've entitled the teaching, The Journey of the Bride. And so we're told in John chapter 1, verse 3, John chapter 1, verse 10, that Yeshua created the heavens and the earth. And so what is the purpose in Yeshua creating the heavens and the earth? The purpose is he wanted to have a people called the nation of Israel who he would be in covenant relationship with and the nation of Israel would be his bride who he would love and dwell with her forever in his kingdom and in the new Jerusalem. Now we can see that Messiah's desire for a bride is the purpose of creation, that he would have a dwelling place in the earth. And this is expressed in the book, Sound the Great Shofar, by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson. On page 13, he writes, A rabbi's point to the Messiah and the redemption as the ultimate purpose for the creation of the world, because the the world was created in order that the Creator, the God of Israel, would have a dwelling place in the earth among mortals. And this goal will be realized in the era of the redemption known as the Messianic Era. And then on page 111 of the book Sound the Great Shofar by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson, he explains, quoting the Talmud in Sanhedrin 96b, that the rabbis teach that the world was created created solely for the Messiah. We can see that Yeshua created the heavens and the earth, and the Messiah is the purpose of creation, and Messiah living among his people and having a bride is the outcome of this purpose of creation. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16, speaking of Yeshua, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him, that is the image of the invisible God, that is Yeshua, for by him were all things created, that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Now, in created the heavens and the earth, we're told at the beginning of the book of Genesis that Yeshua created mankind and placed them in the Garden of Eden, which is a reference to a Garden of Paradise. And in that garden, he placed Adam, and he ultimately desired for Adam to have a helpmate who was named Eve. And there's going to be a marriage that takes place in the Garden of Eden between Adam and Eve. And this marriage is going to be a prophetic foreshadowing of Yeshua's marriage to his bride. And in the process by which this marriage took place, we are told in Genesis chapter 2 verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. Now there's a deeper spiritual message here that deep sleep is going to be a prophetic reference 
that there's going to be a departing from the Torah. And the deep sleep is going to refer to a spiritual slumber where Adam is going to sleep. And the deeper spiritual meaning is that there's going to be a departing from the Torah. And we can see how deep sleep is a reference to spiritual slumber from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, as it is written. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. See ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes. Now we can see from Isaiah chapter 29, verses 9 and 10, that deep sleep is associated with closing your eyes. And when you close your eyes, you can't see. Isaiah 29.9 is written, Stay yourselves and wonder, cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord has poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and he has closed your eyes. And so what this refers to is closing your eyes to the Torah and following the Torah of the God of Israel. Isaiah chapter 29, verses 11 and 12. And the vision of all has become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he says, I can't, it's sealed. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he says, I can't, I'm not learned in the understanding of the words of the book. Now, in the book, from Exile to Redemption, Volume 1, on page 11, by Rebbe Menachem Schneerson, he explains that exile into the nations of the world is likened unto spiritual slumber or deep sleep. In the time of the Beit Hamikdash, that is the temple, the Holy One, blessed be he, may be described metaphorically as awake, but in the time of exile and the destruction of the temple, he may be described metaphorically as asleep. Now, in the Garden of Eden, there were two trees, and the one tree was called the Tree of Life, and the other tree is the Tree of the Knowledge of Good and Evil. And the Tree of Life represents obedience to the Torah, the God of Israel, to do His will and to follow His ways. And the Tree of the Knowledge of Good and Evil is going to represent the mixture of good and evil. And the mixture of good and evil is represented in the Bible and is associated with the kingdom of darkness and Babylon. And what is being presented for us and what we learned and taught from the information that we see regarding the Garden of Eden is that we are to choose whether we're going to follow the tree of life or we're going to follow the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in Genesis chapter 2 verse 9 it is written, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life, which we're going to see personifies and represents obeying and following the Torah of the God of Israel. And in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is a mixture of good and evil. And it represents the consequence of disobeying the God of Israel and disobeying his Torah. Now, Babylon in 
Hebrew means to mix. And so the tree of the knowledge of good and evil represents Babylon. And Hasatan is the king over the Babylonian kingdom. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, it is written, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that is, disobeying Torah, you shall not eat of it, or you shall not follow that path or that way. Now, let's see how the tree of life is defined as the Torah and following the Torah. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1, it is written, My son, forget not my Torah, but let your heart keep my commandments. So, the subject of Proverbs chapter 3 is the Torah, the commandments, and keeping the commandments. And regarding this subject, it is said in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 18, she, and the Torah in Hebrew would be a she because it has an A-H ending, and an A-H ending in Hebrew is feminine. And so she, the Torah, is a tree of life. But if you're familiar with Proverbs chapter 3, you might be thinking that isn't this referring to wisdom? And the answer is yes, because wisdom in Hebrew is hakma, and hakma ends in A-H, so wisdom is a she. And so following the Torah is wisdom and understanding. So Torah is wisdom, and so she, the Torah, she, wisdom, is a tree of life to all those that lay hold upon her or to follow her. And so in Revelation chapter 22, verse 13, Yeshua says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Alpha and Omega are the first and the last letters in the Greek alphabet. And the way you would say this in Hebrew is I'm the Aleph and the Tav, the Aleph being the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the Tav being the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. I am the Aleph and the Tav, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And then Yeshua goes on to say in Revelation chapter 22, verse 14, Blessed are they that do his commandments or follow his Torah, that they might have right to the tree of life and that they may enter in through the gates of the city. That is the new Jerusalem. So the reward of the bride of Yeshua for being saved by grace through faith and loving him and keeping his commandments and following his Torah by his spirit, the Torah being the tree of life, is that the bride of Yeshua is allowed to eat of that tree of life, and that tree of life is planted in the New Jerusalem. So she has rights to that tree. Now, looking at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we can see in Genesis in chapter 10 verses 8 through 10 that Cush begat Nimrod. And Nimrod is the Strong's number 5248 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And Nimrod means to be rebellious. And what did Nimrod do? It says in Genesis chapter 10 verse 9, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. And Babylon represents human rebellion against 
against the God of Israel. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 5, it is written, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. And in Genesis chapter 11, verse 8, it says, So the Lord scattered them abroad from there upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Genesis 11, verse 9, Therefore the name of it is called Babel, because the Lord did confound the language of all the earth. And from there did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. And so Babel is the Strong's number 894 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And the dictionary definition of Babel or Babylon is to confuse through mixing. That is because Babel comes from the Hebrew word Balal. And Balal means to mix, to mingle, or to confuse. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the mixture of good and evil, and that's the definition of Babylon. And the God of Israel is instructing us and his creation. He's instructing mankind that they are not to follow after Babylon and the kingdom of darkness, but they are to follow after him, represented by the tree of life in his Torah. So in the Garden of Eden, there was a marriage that took place between Adam and Eve. And in describing this marriage, it is written in Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 and 22. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. We've already examined that this is a prophetic picture of and prophesying that, that there would be a breaking of the covenant and departing from the Torah of the God of Israel. So Adam slept, and as a result, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman, and he brought her unto the man. And as a result, we're told in Genesis chapter 2, verses 23 and 24, Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall become one flesh. Now referring to the marriage of Adam and Eve in the garden, Paul explained in Ephesians in chapter 5 that this is a prophetic foreshadowing and at the deeper spiritual level that it prophesies of the marriage between Messiah and his bride. So Ephesians chapter 5 verse 23 is written, for the husband is the head of the wife even as Messiah is the head of the church. And then Ephesians chapter 5 verses 31 and 32, Paul writes, for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother shall be joined unto his wife and the two shall be one flesh. So here Paul is quoting from Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. Now regarding the marriage of Adam and Eve in the garden and in quoting Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 and referring to Yeshua's relationship to the body of Messiah, Yeshua's relationship to and with his bride, Paul explains in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 32 that this is a great mystery. Now, mystery does not mean you cannot comprehend or understand it. It means it is something that is understood and revealed at the deeper level, at the heart level, and not at the surface level, not at the literal level of the understanding of the text. So he says, this is a great mystery, but I speak 
concerning Messiah and his congregation or Messiah and his bride. And so once we have this marriage between Adam and Eve in the garden, then there's going to be sin that's committed in the garden. So this is going to be a prophecy that once a marriage is established between Messiah and his bride, that she's going to be unfaithful and break the covenant. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also under her husband with her and he did eat. And so we see that both Adam and Eve then disobey the instruction that is the Torah of the God of Israel and they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so in Genesis chapter 3 verse 8, as a result, we're told that this disobedience unto the God of Israel caused Adam and Eve to be shamed. And as a result of their sin, they wanted to hide from the presence of the God of Israel. As it is written, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And so ultimately then when they sinned, Adam and Eve realized that they were naked. And so they ended up taking fig leaves to cover their nakedness. And spiritually speaking, sin is spiritual nakedness. We can see this in Isaiah chapter 47, verses 1 and 3. Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Your nakedness shall be uncovered. Babylon, which represents the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, is associated with nakedness. And the phrase, uncover your nakedness, refers not only to sin in general, but it refers to sexual immorality in particular. So we can see this and its association from Genesis chapter 9 verse 21. And he, that is Noah, drank of the wine and was drunken. And he was uncovered within his tent. In other words, he was naked. And we can see this phrase uncovered is associated with nakedness and sexual immorality in Leviticus chapter 20 verse 17. And if a man shall take his sister and see her nakedness and she see his nakedness, it is a wicked thing. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness. So spiritually speaking, biblical nakedness is being without the clothing, which is the presence, which is the glory of the God of Israel. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 37, it is written, Behold, therefore, I will gather all your lovers with whom you have taken pleasure and all them that you have loved with all them that you have hated. And I will gather them round about against you and will discover your nakedness unto them that they may see all your nakedness. And in Ezekiel chapter 16 verse 39, it goes on to say, And I will also give you into their hand and they shall throw down your eminent place and shall break down your high places and they will strip you of your clothes and they will take your fair jewels 
mules and leave you naked and bare. And so disobedience to the God of Israel causes you to be naked and to be ashamed. And so once we had this marriage between Adam and Eve in the garden, which spiritually foreshadowed and prophesied of the marriage of Messiah to his bride, as Paul explained in Ephesians chapter 5, that Adam and Eve were disobedient to the God of Israel, and they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And as a result, we're told in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, so he drove out the man. So the phrase drove out is the Hebrew word garash, which means to drive out, to expel, to divorce. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, The Journey of the Bride. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.